All right, in an instant, an auto accident can put you in the worst financial position of your life. It's an absolute must. You got to hire the right lawyer. You're going to make sure that your insurance companies pay you what you are owed. Injury attorney David Feminini on his team, they are exactly who you need to call. They have been making insurance companies pay for over 30 years. They're going to help you with your case as well. David is ready to speak to you personally right now, 855-65-CRASH. That's 855-65-CRASH, or you simply go to the website, getdavidgetpaid.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in on a Monday. If you think you're going to hear me yelling and screaming, it's not going to happen. But let me tell you, we have way too much content for four hours. We're going to talk about the Wings. We're going to talk about the Tigers. We're going to hit the Lions. We're going to hit court storming. But we have to begin with uh, what is, I am terming revelations. We are. We, this is a very exciting thing. And I don't want to upsell it. But we're going to open and close to start the show uh, with the latest embarrassment that is Michigan State basketball. Now, it's not even going to be me talking. I've said it all. I have nothing left. I, in fact, have zero Fs if they make the tournament or not. But in the movie preview voice, you're not going to believe what Rico Beard says about Izzo next. In a world. In a world where a coach plays three players who don't have functioning limbs. So listen, I'm just going to step back. Sorry. I'm going to step back because Rico made a really interesting observation. You were He was at the game. Went to the press conference. You know Rico when he gets up there is a big swinging, you know what, glad handing, shaking, <laughs> shaking hands, kissing babies, the whole bit. But I want you to listen, especially to those of you that are up at uh, up at MSU, because I know you're listening. What I don't want to see happen here, don't twist this man's words. You're listening to this right now. I know you can hear me. So when Rico speaks. Don't bother him on senior day and accuse him of saying things he didn't say. That's just a waste of everybody's time. No. So without further ado, I'm turning my microphone no, no, off. Because at this point, it's one of those, you know, don't tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what I said that was wrong. Because I don't think I'm about to say anything that's wrong. Without further ado, I give you Rico Beard. <laughs> oh, no. Mike, <laughs> that, Michigan State loses, buzzer beater, Ohio State, 60-57. to 57. Second loss in a row. You lost to two teams that you were favored to beat by 10 points. Two teams that are probably headed to the NIT. You lost to them at home. 
But last night in the press conference, and I've covered Tom Izzo press conferences going back to 98. So this is about, what, 26, 27 years or so. I saw something for the first time. It was like, Mike, it's like when you realize your dad is old, when it's not the same person you grew up with. Tom is, man, he's lost the fire. He's lost the passion. He loves basketball. Tom loves basketball. It's in his blood. You cut him, it's going to bleed orange. I don't think he likes his team. I don't think he likes coaching right now. I think the changes in basketball have limited this man, and he is no longer having fun. He's out there doing this job, but it's like being in a loveless marriage. You know that it once was great and no longer. It's it's the example of when, when think of you've been with a woman and you two would hang out and party and drink all night long and hang out on the weekends. And then one day she walks in and says, I'm not going to drink again. I'm joining a church. You still love the woman, but now everything has changed. And with the rules and everything, because Tom constantly tells you what you can't, I can't do this. I can't say this. I can't, I wish I could do this. And he's hamstrung. And I don't know if he's doing it by himself or not, but the passion is gone. Tom is just not having fun. And you're starting to see now where he's out there just at this point, Mike, and you know this because you've covered the team. Tom used to fuel on the fact of people doubting him. That's how he became Mr. March. Just when you thought it was over, just when you thought maybe the game passed him by, wait till you see what this rabbit I'm about to pull out of my hat. Rabbit's dead. Hat's gone. There's nothing there. This is the first time in his career, double-digit losses. They're already at 11 losses. They're going to at least hit 14 at the most. Because you you can count Purdue as 12, Big Ten tournament, and the regular season tournament. So you're looking at 14 losses. Four years in a row. The last time something like that happened was 2002, 3, and 4. He lost double-digit losses, but then they bounced back and went to the Final Four. That's not this team. Tom's gambling. He's just out there putting out lineups. And you see it that they don't make sense. And it's just when you thought, okay, maybe he's got it. Maybe he's figured this out. He inserts Xavier Booker into the game. Booker goes out there. Booker's getting it done. And then he sits Booker down for the final 15 minutes of the game. The team scores 17 points. No real answer why except for, well, Book does some things that you guys don't see. Well, what does Maddie do? Because I saw nothing from Maddie. I saw nothing of why Maddie was in this game. I say all this to say, I don't see the same confidence that I once saw with Tom Izzo. I don't see the same fire. I don't see the same desire. I see a man who appears to just be broken. Like he does not like his team. And it's not to say he doesn't love the game of college basketball, but this is no longer fun for him. This is work. This is a job. He's going to live up to his contract. But I got a feeling this man's going to go the way of Nick Saban, where he's just going to walk in one day and just say, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm walking away. You saw it with Nick Saban in that game against Michigan. Jalen Melrose did a bunch of stuff, and Saban would just kind of play the role of the grandfather. Like, wait, you're not going to yell at him for that? Nah, because he had already checked out. And it looks like to me that Tom is checking out right in front of our eyes. 
Yeah, we would all like to say you go out with a bang, but Coach K didn't go out with a bang. Nick Saban didn't go out with a bang. You didn't go. You don't go out the way you want to go out. You don't. We all would like to die with family surrounding us. That's not how most of us is going to go out. Some are going to die in car crashes or whatever. It's going to happen. I don't think this is going to end the way he wants it to end. I don't think it's going to end the way Spartan fans want it to end because you're looking at a season now. You lose the North. You're going to lose to Purdue. Let's just get that out the way. You lose the Northwestern. And that streak that you hold, it's gone. You're, pro- you're not going to make the tournament. Mike, I owe you an apology. Why? Because you told me, you know, they could not make the tournament. And I said, Mike, it's mathematically impossible. <laughs> you don't owe an apology. Okay, it's mathematically impossible that could happen. But I, I just see this. I mean, the, the biggest blunder to me was last night. With, when It was late in the game. It was 3.4 seconds, I think, on the shot clock. Inbounds the ball underneath the basket. Why is Maddie Sissoko in the game? Maddie's not your offensive player. The ball goes into Maddie. Maddie couldn't get rid of that ball fast enough. He gets the ball about eight feet from the basket. And instead of trying to make a move to go towards the basket, either get fouled, get an and one or two shoot, two, shoot, shoot two free throws, he quickly is playing hot potato with Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker has taken off-balance shot, misses it, wasted possession. Why is Booker still on the bench? Why is Booker not in this game? Let me offer something. I can't prove this. I, and by the way, listen, I stayed silent because I heard this take last night. And I said, Rico, that's the open. Just just deliver them, put the mail in the mailbox. Rico's covered the team for damn near a quarter of a century. He's up there for every home game. Now, I've told you from afar, it's simple. I'd rather he walk away than for me to ever have to do the, the show where we're talking about the F word with a legend. You just don't want to have to do it, but I'll do it. I did it with D'Antoni. I'll do it with him if I have to. The point is... I I almost feel there's a spite. The way that he's handled this Booker thing, it had hit a flashpoint after the Iowa loss where everybody, even people who don't pay attention to college basketball, are wearing where is Xavier Booker t-shirts, right? And and here's what's not fair. The kid's not a messiah. No. And no one's saying he should have been playing 20 minutes from the start of the season. But Rico, he started Xavier Booker in this game. No, no. And when he started him, crowd went nuts. And I think that makes him angry. And then... He hits a three, and the crowd is losing it. He gets an and one dunk, and not only is the crowd losing it, his teammates and are jumping up and down. That makes him angry. I think he resents it. He wants to do it his way. Look, you want proof, people, about Izzo being stubborn to the core and wanting it his way? Look at a lineup of Suzoko, Cooper, and and Cohen Carr. Three players wholly incapable of putting ball in basket. At no point does he put in the guy who stretches and spaces the floor. Look, here's the thing. If you want to blame Jaden Akins or Walker or Hoger, you can. Understand when you do not have bigs. When teams don't have to guard your big people, the amount of pressure that's on your guards and the types of shots they got to take, man, that's why Tyson Walker ain't hitting shots. Teams are hip to this. Mike, right. When Book was in the game. It freed up the lane because you had to guard him because he could hit the three-pointer. That's when Malik was allowed to do his post moves. That's when all of a sudden AJ is able to go to the basket and make layups, and life was easy. I mean, trust me, I'm going to do a deeper dive on this and not get too geeky on the pod, but right here, right now, when when I'm looking at that, you're right. And it was like, okay, no, no, I benched Maddie, but Maddie's still a valuable part of this team, so I'm going to play him at the end. And it's like, why? And then I felt... 
I felt better because I came home late last night and I'm watching the, the BTN and beyond and Mike DeCourcy is talking. This is a guy who has no skin in the game. And he said the same thing. Like, this team was playing so well when Xavier Booker was in there. They scored 40 points. The offense was flowing. And then they took him out. And I don't understand why. And I was I looking at him at the TV saying, neither do I, Mike. Because Tom, value, he has this old school, I value defense above all thing. The reality is, now this is where I'll get myself in trouble with state fans, but I lost the ability to care years ago. They can get mad. They can support. It makes no difference. Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman covered up for a lot of warts. So what I'm about to say, I want you to understand that while I loved Cassius and I loved the late game, late shot clock heroics, here's the reality. It's going to be almost a decade since Tom had an offense anyone cared about. All right? So this whole conversation, remember, this is about a coach who won't evolve. This is about a coach who looked at this roster and went, I'm going to win a natty with this. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to the portal. He got stubborn. Look, the whole bit is this. The headline, Rico at the presser, and it's your belief. I'll take your word for it. I didn't look in the man's eyes. I just look at the product. He's going to Wes Saban. Now, his stubbornness might keep him around. He's almost a masochist on some level, is that the punishment, he'll he'll want to take more right. of it. But he's not, in, he's not having fun. And I, I, I don't think he... He likes this team that he has. I don't think any of these big-time coaches are in college football or co- – look at Dabo Sweeney. You think Dabo Sweeney's having a good time? No. Because, look, part of the problem, though, Rico, here's the difference. T- Tom – look, you got to call it what it is, man. It's a, What is this now? It's going to be 14 this year, 13 each of the previous years. You know – Yeah, 13, 13. Yeah, 13, and it's going to at least be 14. Because I don't think you're going to – because for those saying, oh, well, you know – Remember, everybody thought that the Cassius Winston team, that 2000 team, was going to win the national title. You know what happened when they went to Purdue that year? Uh-oh. They lost 71 to 42. You're going to Mackey. Last time Michigan State won at Mackey, your starting backcourt, well, one's in jail for killing somebody. Keith Appling. Oh, dear. Gary Harris. Oh, my. That was the starting backcourt in 2014, the last time they won at Mackey. So yeah, and it's probably the last damn time I cared about the offense. No, it was a year after. Oh, 15 with Denzel. Yeah. Yes. They, they lost, but they lost in overtime, but yeah. it was still competitive. Yeah. Other than that, you go to Mackey, it's not competitive. So that's a loss. So here's the question. And again, we're going to get to the wings a little later in the hour. I got thoughts on the Tigers. We've got some Lions. Brad Holmes was on the morning show with Cookies and Jansen. We got a lot to do today. But yesterday was pretty much, if it wasn't one of the worst losses, I'll just coin it, it's one of the worst losses of Izzo's career. And arguably one of the worst weeks of Izzo's career, meaning Iowa and then that. Two teams headed to the NIT. You lost at home. And it's a coach who, like Rico said, I mean, I'm not making fun of it. It's just reality. He's become very old in front of your eyes. His ideas are old. His stubbornness, his refusal to create an infusion of outside voices on the coaching staff, not just buddies. And see, I thought it when he started Booker, I'm like, you know what? He's changed. And then he had what? He hurt. He Seven hurt points, our show. three boards, three blocks. Now, yes. Did he fail on a box out? Yes. Yeah. Did, did he, he get, get, a, did a, get a, a dunk block? Yes. But, like, it's the oldest phrase in the book, man. You grow through what you go through. Booker's not going to get better sitting on that bench. And this team, 
I've already seen what Maddie's got to offer. I've seen what Cooper's got to offer. And Lord, no Man. slander. I've already seen what Jackson Collars had to offer. The team, you saw when he was in that lineup, that team wanted to play. They were excited. Every point, everything he did, they were like, yes, about time. And then it was a 180, and we went back to here's my. He, and when I say he's done, I just mean it's the same thing as Saban. Yeah. I'm just look, man. I'm in two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. And I was gonna say, and the reason why I say that is it's Tom's word. Every press conference that I've been at, at some point he'll say, "I can't really go at them the way that I want to." Talking about his team, I can't yell at them. I can't really do this in practice anymore. And go enjoy the beach. And it tells me you're not being yourself, and and you're selling yourself short. And if you're selling yourself short, you're selling the program short. Go. Be either be yourself and go out with a bang. Or, like you say, go, go, go enjoy yourself. Go to the beach. We'll build the statue and name the court the minute you, you, you say you're out. That's not me wanting him gone or having some vendetta. Of course I don't. But what I don't like is sad old yeah. coach player thing. I don't like yeah, it. Either go out being you. Yeah, don't go out being balding Jerry Rice. Don't do that. 248-539-9797. Rico Beard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Bottom line is, it is Rico's interpretation as a man who goes to every damn game and has covered the team for 20 years. Yeah, Izzo, whether you want to say not having fun, doesn't want to coach college hoops anymore, might be at the end, none of that is firing. None of that is animus. It's reality. He's 70 years old. This team blows. The product has been bad for years. The last Uh, time I saw 
No, the last time I saw this type when, when new rules happened was the one and done. And it was the year that he had Zach Randolph, and he would bring Zach off the bench because he really thought Zach was going to come back for another year. And it was like, Tom, Tom not- Zach hasn't gone to class since December. <laughs> I don't think... Like Zach has no idea what about Wales the famous Hall? convo between Zach and Deshaun Stevenson in the Breslin corridor. Oh, oh I got the stories. <laughs> the point I make is but right. It was like, and he was like, "Yeah, I guess in hindsight, I should have seen that coming." Oh, you mean when you played him like twenty minutes and he took Udonis Haslam to school? Yeah. The point is, I view what yesterday was. It's just it's spite store. I I could actually see a world where he wanted to put Booker out there. Have Booker fail so he could say, see, mm. see, defense wins championship. Tom, Kentucky put up 117 points the other day. The game's changed a little. And I ain't telling you I want to see Kentucky here. But Kentucky knows who they are. Five guys that shoot 40% from deep, we have to take and make more threes than anybody else. And our defense is largely trash. The point is, at least they know who they are. I don't know what this team is. Because when Booker goes out and goes seven points, three boards, three blocks, and you go, not perfect, Energy, yeah. something, spacing. I can build upon For this. him not to play the last 15 minutes? Right. It was the same thing the other night when he started Matty Sissoko for two minutes in the first half and started him for three minutes in the second. Why the hell would you start him at all? What is he, reverse Darko? It doesn't make any sense. He's operating a spite store. He wants to prove that he's right. Versus if Booker plays, true or false, if the lineup I'm putting on the floor... If you took MSU's best defensive center, it would actually be Carson Cooper. Right. Nerd analytics, I know. Cooper, Booker, Hall, right. or Akins, and then your two guards, and whoever's not playing becomes your super sixth man. But he won't do it. Okay, and here's the other thing. When you put Maddie out there, Mike, it's I'm watching 34 for Ohio State. You know where he camped? Right under the basket. You don't have to guard him. He Maddie's at the top of the lane. The crowd is even yelling, shoot, because he is Wide open. You put Booker out there, Booker will shoot the three-pointer, and probably will make it. Like my dream, like I, and again, I know it'll never happen, so just please spare me the the angry text. But like a school like Indiana State runs this five out. I mean, everyone's on the perimeter, and you are going to pierce and duck and dive into the paint and create. My point is, my dream lineup with how bad this team is, and I know, oh, well, you won't, you'll be bad defensively, or you'll get bullied on the glass. We don't rebound anyways. I'd just play Booker as a stretch five. I'd play Booker as a stretch five and park him outside. I'd have Malik Hall at the four, Akins, and both guards. There's my lineup. Is it flawed? Hell yes, it is. Wait, you mean the starting lineup yesterday? Because that was your starting lineup yesterday. I know. (laughs) That was it right there. But he, he can't help himself. The minute guys get hot, here comes. It's like Kenny's wings. It's a line change. One problem. Basketball is not hockey. Yeah, David, the ticket text. The meatloaf. I'm sick of Izzo defenders saying 25-year track record of coaching. Okay, but get this man into a retirement home now. That is from Jimmy. Tony from Macomb says Izzo's loyalty, loyalty to his players has always been his weakness. You can't defend sitting Booker for Maddie Sissoko. Last MSU basketball championship was in 2000. Izzo needs to find someone else that can recruit talent yeah and again here's the other problem for the people who want to go but he just brought in the blank class in america none of them are ready to play now it's not his fault that jeremy fears got shot okay <laughs> yeah. so let's just get that out of yeah. the way but booker wasn't ready to play cohen carr is not ready to play none of these and normand or whatever his name is is red yeah, shirt yeah. so 
it's on the coach to find guys that are going to be able to come in and contribute and do the things you need. Now, I understand that he's going to the route of, I'm not going to do the one and duns. I want to try to build some people. But you kind of got to stack those chips. And until you do that, that's why you got to hit the portal hard to fill in for the gap so that in two, three years, now you can rely on the guys that you brought in here and recruited. Whether they're in or not, I think any Spartan knows they're not a tournament team. They're not. Go look at their wins. Tell me how many of them I should care about. Indiana State would be one. Illinois one. And Baylor on a neutral court. There, There's your three. You got three wins I care about. They're not a good team, guys. Yeah, you got more almost losses. Well, and, and again, Ohio State without battle, that's a bad basketball team. You know how I know you suck? Ohio State had the ball with a chance to beat you. Mm-hmm. Any team worth their salt should be up double digits on OSU. Same thing with Iowa. Iowa's a bad basketball team. You want to tell me they got hot? They got more talent than you realize? Okay, I live with it. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Their star player was in foul trouble. So Freeman. Yeah. yeah, Freeman, the freshman. So, once again, you had an opportunity to take advantage of a bad situation, and you didn't. Yeah. No, I, I, hey, man, I've been saying it for a while. It is what it is. I'll get raked over to Coles for it. I don't want MSU to be bad. No, but I don't have to sit here and just go, well, golly gee, maybe Coach will get it next year. No, and the frustrating thing is – they have the formula for the NCAA. You got three guards who can shoot. And now with Malik all of a sudden seeing the light, you got somebody who could post up down low. But you still shouldn't try to be figuring out a lineup and, and who's going to be playing what in late February. How in 2024 do you put a lineup that features two or three non-guardable players? Rico, it can't happen. No. Yeah, when, when I saw Carr, Cooper, Cooper and, and Maddie, it was like, you thought you were getting punked. That's that's five on. It's like two. Wojo's famous line. Are you trying to lose? David, go ahead, and then we'll move on. Firing Izzo is beyond stupid. We have 28 years of him showing what he teaches. Who said the F word, by the way? No one. Wasn't Rico. No one. Wasn't me. Saying he might walk away like Saban. You're stupid, and I don't want to talk to you anymore, Texter. Next. All right, I'll end that one. Seen this coming for a while. Izzo should have retired five or six years. Years ago, uh, someone else texting and saying, I say this with respect, but Tom Izzo is Doc Rivers. Both guys have milked that one championship for a long time. <laughs> I'm not ready to put him in Doc's class, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to call it slander. You can do whatever you want. Doc Game 7 Rivers? Yeah, please. That more, more like uh, <laughs> PJ uh, Numbnuts saved our ass against the Cavs that year in 08. What was it? PJ, not PJ Washington. Who cares? Just keep moving. Mike, I agree with everything you're saying, but what names are out there you think would no, be better? No, no, I'm not doing this. Do I have my running list of his own replacements? Of course I do. There is no purpose. The school's not going to do anything about it. And Izzo will walk on his own terms, yeah. and he'll burn down what he built most likely, just like Mark did, and I don't get a say in who gets hired. So, yes, do I have names? Of course I do. I'm a sicko. See, but the thing is, five guys right now. I thought that maybe this incoming class would rejuvenate him and really make him, because he, you could just see it each year. It was just getting worse and worse. Like, gosh, I just, this is work. I got to go out here and motivate these guys every game. I mean, he made a, a thing like, look, the crowd showed up. These players have to appreciate the crowd and, and the legacy. I'm paraphrasing, but... You could tell he's not happy with this team. And I thought maybe bringing in this this rookie, I mean, the freshman class would do something. Nah, it didn't. All right, we're going to get to the Tigers quickly. Wings at 245. 
We'll get to Brad Holmes' comments later. we got a million things to cover. We wanted to at least address the Michigan State thing and what was one of the most embarrassing losses of Izzo's career and one that may, in fact, keep them out of the tournament. But now that's done, i got a quick note on the Tigers for you. Next, 97-1. This Friday, Mr. Michael Stone and Rico, and we are going to do two versions of This Week in Sports by the Numbers. It'll be This Week in Sports by the Numbers. Oh, don't give it away. And okay, you know Stoney's listening. That's good. I want him to know. Okay. And then Stoney by the numbers. <laughs> where we'll be asking lots of probing questions. All right. So the Tigers thing. I wanted to just ask this question. Did the um and please don't do what I heard a caller do with Gator today. Don't be some mealy mouth defender of the universe for the Tigers. And act like I'm married to this player. I am not. Let me repeat, I am not. But it's an issue of principle. And I think we've identified exactly how this organization is going to run. And I don't have to like it. And that is this Cody Bellinger thing. Now, no proof he would even take your phone call. Do you know how we know it? You never called. But the point is he went back to Chicago for about half of what Boris wanted. At the start of the offseason, Scott Boris wanted $150 million. He was never getting that. Bellinger, three at 80, and there's an opt-out after every year. So let's say Bellinger lights it up. Let's say Bellinger gives you 275, 30 bombs, 90 runs, 90 ribbies. You know, an eight-something OPS, right? He opts out. Who does it hurt? No one. Now, before people do this other routine I'm hearing, just understand something. You got to stop with the whole, well, if we brought in X, we'd be blocking Y. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Parker like, Meadows got to eat, man. Right, and again, I'm fine having the youth on the roster, and I'm fine giving guys at bats, and baseball is a long season. Injuries happen. You need depth. You got to stop. You're not blocking Gunnar Henderson here. So here's my point. They have been open that they were not going to be involved in this stuff. And the signing of Gio Urshela, why I don't make fun of it, because I do think Urshela can provide some nice depth. He hits lefties. Guys, we have smartest man in the galaxy syndrome here. And it is just very, very clear. Scott Harris thinks he can emulate the dirtbag squad from a couple of years ago, where it was like all these tryhards and gym class heroes with the Giants, and they won 100 games. And it's like, dude, you're 55 mil below league average. This is a bad division. J.D. Martinez is the perfect fit. And I have zero confidence the Tigers would even pick up the phone and offer one at 15. For what? Fear of reprisal from Kerry Carpenter's reps? Come on, guys. Let, let, let's be adults about this. J.D. Martinez is a machine. And yet this team won't pick up the phone and call. I thought the – look, I never had designs on Bellinger coming. Right. I'm making a point that when you see what he when you saw the for, deal, yeah, and I'm going, who gets hurt by that? Nobody, nobody. And if he hits it, I mean, if he's hot as a firecracker, then it was basically prostitution. He came here, got paid. See, okay, right, Roberto. The point I'm making is, <laughs> I, I get frustrated because I feel like Scott Harris. Is, is doing smartest guy in the universe routine. 
So it's very frustrating. You know, they threw $14 million at Jack Flaherty, who hasn't been good in five years, and never stays healthy. But yet, I'm, I'm going to get attacked because I want a guy who's the rock of consistency and who would be a legitimate DH who could moonlight with Carpenter a little bit there, and then Carpenter's a woeful outfielder, but I wouldn't care because I'd have plus outfielders the other side. I heard a caller call into Gator today and actually say we can't bring on Cody Bellinger because we have Mark Canna. Oh. <laughs> Mark Canna and a 750 OPS, a 745 OPS. That's who I'm worried about blocking? No, I can't speak about that. But I do think that it appears to me that Harris is trying to go the whole, well, let's just work with our young guys and let them grow up. And if we lose, we'll, we'll, we'll lose with youth. I don't have to go after and get – with the pieces are here, they're just still developing. I don't agree with that because, yeah, it's like, oh, well, like we're going to block this like Carpenter. Right, you're right. You find a space for him. You make it work. Right. And again, there's you always can never be, have a, you can never have too much talent on a team. And there's always going to be a give back, right? No, there are very, any players that are perfect very rarely hit free agency. And when they do, we know what they cost. I'm not advocating that. The Martinez thing is just a no-brainer to me. His worst season in the last five was an injury-plagued year where he had a damn near 800 OPS. Now, again, if J.D. doesn't want our money or if J.D. wants an outlandish three-year deal or something, you hang up the phone. But you know what would reassure me that they're actually trying? A report. Mm-hmm. Jeff Passan saying Tigers tried. J.D. farted into the phone. I could live with it. I just I wanted your take on it. One segment, and we'll get to the wings. But doesn't it bug you? Like, look, the Chapman thing, that ship has sailed. They were never going to do it. He's still out there. They're going to go with this Frankenstein at third approach. Whatever. But the JD thing could be a one-year deal. You are $55 million below league average. You have a lower payroll than last year. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? What is the harm in trying to win this division? You know, Kerry Carpenter didn't hit a home run the last two months of the year last year. And even if you went two years, $35 million with it, or an option after the first year. But you're trying. You got the money. And as you said, it's not going to cost you anything. It's going to add depth to the team. I view it that when you put a veteran around the youth, you're insulating them, you're protecting them, you're helping them. And again, if J.D. doesn't want your money, cool. But try. Because I'm thinking, did, did did something happen when he left here? Because none of you people were here when he was first here. So it shouldn't no. matter. I just wonder if the Bellinger thing is a harbinger of things to come, where these guys are going to go for deals, and Tiger fans are going to look at it and go, we could have done that. Right. And I'm please, please spare me, oh, well, other teams aren't either. I don't care. I don't do radio in Minneapolis. I don't care about what the poll ads think. It doesn't register for me. I do radio in Detroit. I'm with you guys, and we talk Tigers. I just can't understand it. But then I think to myself, this guy thinks he's Billy Bean. This is what he's going to do. The mix and match and mine for gems, and I'm smarter than everybody. And it's like, Scott, both can be true. Yeah, you got to do something. Both things can be true. You can be really good at what you do, and you supplement. Because here I am being positive again. I think you can win this division. And if you can't win a division, I think you'll be in the race until August, maybe beginning of September. I do wonder, I mean, have you still not recovered from the Erod debacle? Like, Seriously, 
pick up the phone, do something. Because this division is there to be had, but it's almost like you're not trying. It's almost like you just, trust me, it's going to work with all the youth. I'm going to root for them just the same. I want baseball back in this town. I love a good pennant chase. I love when Tigers are good. But look, I mean, that last year was fun because the season wasn't over in May. Right. The thing, the thing that's got to stop in this town, and it's this weird vibe you get. It's like any criticism of a general manager in this town. You, you're you're a Satanist. Well, hold on. What, what's in the trophy case of these people again? I mean, hell, I heard. I'm not even going to bring it up, but like, oh, people need to apologize to Steve for what? Demanding he get to bring it, and he did, and it's working. Take a chance on Kane. Yeah, and he did, and it's working. You should apologize to Scott Harris. Uh, why? I'm sorry. 78 games doesn't exactly get, you know, the blood flow and the penis working. Yeah, there's no apology needed at all for anything. And it's, it's guy got played at the trade deadline and had a nothing burger offseason. Yeah. Don't forget what? Because you're the same person that said we don't pay running backs. And I, I, I don't. <laughs> just I don't. But it's, you, you don't question the GM. No, you question the GM because it's frustrating that you don't hear a report that they at least called. And, and again, I'm just saying the Bellinger thing is not about him specifically. It's the contract. And I wonder if the market is going to bear deals for Chapman, who would have made sense. That are sim- yes. Yeah, and he had his worst year last year battling a finger injury, but he's still a gold glover. And he's still a guy that's probably going to hit between 25 and 30 bombs and give you elite defense at third or whether it was J.D., or whether it was an arm that's out there. The point I'm making is, why should I have to sit here and genuflect for $14 million on Flaherty and a two-year deal for Maeda? And I don't hate Maeda. But yet I'm the bad guy for going, well, geez, uh, here's a solution. <laughs> like They ran to the altar to trade a can of tuna for Mark Canna. And they went... We're good in the outfield. What? So it was just, I wanted to just throw it out there. I'm not, I'm unemotional about Bellinger because I never viewed it as a possibility here. But that deal is so below what you thought he'd get. And the fact that you didn't try, I just don't get it. I don't. Now, you tell me Bellinger's not a perfect fit, fine. Argue my point on JD. I don't think you can. I don't think you can, unless you're in an alternative universe and you had a great year with Kerry Carpenter on PlayStation 5, and you all of a sudden believe he's the best player in baseball. I like Kerry Carpenter. Happy to have him. You just remember the times when he was hitting the bombs earlier in the season. And he fell apart. Yeah. And he had a very good year. But you don't remember that. How about I take the pressure off him? How about he becomes a little bit more of a luxury than a necessity? But Mike, he needs to be out there every day in order to get better. And you don't think I could find him at bats every week? You could. I, no, I'm with you. I'm just saying that's probably we need to get him out on the field in order to, for him to get better. Tom Izzo on line four. You don't need to play to get better. <laughs> Sign Xavier Booker. I wanted to offer, was Mikey V's surface-level hockey takes available for your grading? So we're going to go to my men in the streets, which is Rico and David, see what their grade on these takes are, and then we go to the hockey elite, the Oracle. Our very own uh, Pierre Maguire, uh, Kenny Cott, and he will register a grade on my surface fringe 
uh, sort of hockey guy takes. Because these are all Red Wing-centric. I think I got a decent handle on this team. I think I got a decent handle where we're headed, what we need, what we got. Are we ready to play the game? Let's go. Let's do this. Oh, that's right. All right. Kenny, I want you to stay silent. Show no emotion. Do not tip your hand. If I say something that is disgusting, egregious, inaccurate, or downright stupid, don't tip me off. David and Rico, we will have you give the first grade. Then we see if I graduate over to the hockey oracle. Are we ready? Let's go. Five bold takes from a fringe hockey guy. Take number one. The wings are becoming more than a playoff threat. They are a legitimate playoff team with a legitimate chance to win a playoff series. Part of it is learning how to win playoff-style hockey games. Rico Beard, grade this. What am I giving, like an A, B, C? Well, you're the professor. Oh, no, I didn't know what type of grade. We went through. No, no, Mike, I, I like this take. This is an A because you're right. They're winning games, and it's not just this winning streak, but of going in there and your stars are coming up and being stars. The people who you want to be the leaders of this team, you're seeing that came with the overtime goal. Like, yes, this is it to bring it with the, with the goal that I still don't know how he made that goal. Skill, magic, passion, David, I'll give you a B plus. Okay. Not egregious as a French hockey no, guy. No. Now we go to the Oracle. Straight from Saskatoon. Kenny Cott grade my fringe hockey take. I grade this as a C. The, re the reason I grade wow. this as a C Damn. is because this is a team with ups and downs. You saw how bad they got when things got bad. You saw, you're seeing right now how things they are when they're good. Bunch of players on this team who have never even sniffed a playoff game. So, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't want to play them, but they could win. Would I predict it to happen? No, I would not. ESPN National Hockey Night, best open ever. All right, take fringe take number two. Here we go. David, we got to make sure we don't give out high grades. Kenny just shot us wow. down. No, this is what I wanted. <laughs> We're in the streets. We're the fringe idiots. Kenny is the nuanced Hockey Hall of Fame creep with the white gloves that holds the Stanley Cup. Here we go. Trade deadline. I think I've identified something this team needs. They must acquire, for lack of a nuanced term, a defenseman who's kind of a scumbag. Or, or a physical, like a needler, if you will. An enforcer. Uh, not quite that, because enforcer carries a negative connotation that they lack any skill. But scumbag doesn't. Okay. Right. I just, <laughs> something for the second pairing on defense that when it gets tough and when every game's 2-1 or 3-2, if they can secure a little bit of defensive help that's got a little bite to it, a little edge to it, I think that could take them to another level. Uh, let's start David Hall. Grade my fringe hockey take. I, I know I probably should be careful here, but um, <laughs> I know when Kane last night got hit, and, um, Larkin all year has been getting beat up. So yeah, I'm with an A on this. Yeah, Rico. I want to say A, but I'm going to go B. But but David, I went to the Oracle and we had this conversation, and he set me straight and said, oh. No, no, no. They need to get someone on the defensive line and and a tough guy, someone that you won't pick on the Maybe wings. The term is grit. They need a gritty a grit blue guy. line addition. So I think the Oracle will back me up on this. Kenny Cott from the Hockey Elite Update test. Yeah, the Hockey Elite would call it a sandpaper guy. A sandpaper. He provides some grease for you. 
Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't I, that be grit? Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you wanted the hockey term. I gave okay. you the hockey okay. term. What do you want? You're it's a sandpaper guy, eh? That's right. Go ahead. I give this an A minus, primarily because an NHL insider by the name of Jeff Merrick actually said this. He, Who's he Jeff said, Merrick? NHL insider with Elliot Friedman. He he does a lot of good work in the NHL. He knows what he's talking about. He's so a, I'm not nuts for saying get me a scumbag. That's from the inside of the NHL. A guy said that. So yes, you're bang on with this one. Let's go. And you're not the creep with the white gloves. You're back. I don't like that guy. He scares me. All right, here we go. Fringe take number three. Patrick Kane, not the cat, will prove to be the most important addition for this team because it is Kane's leadership relationship on and off the ice with the cat and veteran presence and experience that allows this team to take the forward step. I'm Ron Barr for EA Sports. Rico Beard. No, I was I would say the other way around. I think the Brinkett. I, I look at Kane and why I like what he's doing. It's it's still you're wondering, man. It, will that injury come back to? How him? dare you? Okay, David. His experience is going to be huge. The, in the experience playoffs. is good, but I, I think it's I, I think the Brinkett is the straw that's stirring the drink. No, All right. I hate cats. I'm going with an A on this one. Kane's more important. Tremendous. Let's go to the hockey elite. Ray Ferraro joining us. So I give this one a B plus. I'm pretty confident in Kane because he's yes. just proven it game after game after game now. And did you see after he scored that goal the way the team rallied around him? They love this guy. He's, he's a you know he, what? He's a leader. He's you, a vibes guy. You guys just don't like short people. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Fringe take number four. Iserman's hidden signings are way more important than any of us realized in the summer. That while Dubrinkit and Kane have been the sizzle, the stake of balanced scoring, multiple threats on multiple lines, who do it quietly... Mm-hmm. That is going to be this team's ultimate calling card and why they're so dangerous. Rico Beard. Mike, I'm going to give that an A. He did. He moved in silence like the G in lasagna. All of a sudden, it was like, okay, yeah, he's these people. Like, you see the big names, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the other balance. Ones. Yeah. David. No, I'm still going B-minus here because I, I think it's Kane that brought that together and made everybody else important. So we go to the hockey elite live from Young Street. What do you got for me? Um, I give this one an A plus 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 plus. Absolutely. The Red Wings have the most players with more than 10 goals. That means everybody in their lineup is scoring in, in, in Fringe all hockey. hockey fans rule. A plus plus plus. Yes. All right. I'm on a free roll. No matter how stupid this last take might be, I've graduated. Here we go. Number five. The playoff-style wins against Colorado and Chicago. What I mean is these lower-scoring, tight-checking, overtime games. Winning these games now, not only is something they couldn't do a month ago, six weeks ago, but it's a sign of real growth and why I believe the Red Wings will make the playoffs. They can win in multiple ways. They couldn't do it earlier in the year where they were 0-15 if they didn't get to at least four goals. Let's start out with David. This is an honors class A. I am definitely with you on this. It is showing them what they need to do. And That's the right. grit is there. They can come back. Sand I thought yesterday paper. was a loss. Sand and they paper. found a way. 
Rico I'm gonna, Beard. I'm going to give it a B. I agree. I like the fact that it's not, well, okay, we got we to gotta go out and score four goals in order to win. The fact that you were able to come back and take the game into overtime to win, but the overtimes aren't like playoff overtimes. Don't They're let three facts three. get in the way of a great okay. fringe take. Okay, Kenny Cott, <laughs> Hockey Elite. Yeah, this is an A++ for me also. The fa- And it's not because of, I mean, they did it against St. Louis. They did it against Chicago, two bad teams. But they did it against Colorado. That's right. A team with Stanley Cup aspirations. You need to win games like that against teams like that that way. Absolutely. People, here's the deal. 248-539-9797. The god of fringe hockey has spoken. Me. The hockey oracle, Kenneth Cott, a.k.a. Chicken Parm, a.k.a. Ray Ferraro, has spoken. Where do you grade these five bold fringe wings takes after an unbelievable three-game set here, three-game run? We'll get to you guys next, 97.1. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 